Well, good morning, everyone. Oh, come on. Give us a little smile or something here. Well, tell you what, why don't you take your smartphone? If you have a smartphone now, could I just invite you to take it? Because I'm not sure if everyone just reached for their phone, for this app. So what I'd love you to do is reach for the phone. Go ahead, go on, just reach down, grab that thing, load that thing up, because this is one way in which we're actually enjoying being able to connect together in a really practical way. And so if you have, the, just go to the New Community app, download it right now, and then what you'll be able to do is go to that front page, and there on the front page you're going to be able to see exactly um, people in the water um, down at Pound Bend, and you can press on that. But there's one just above it. It says group sign up. And so there's a reason I'm taking you to the to that right now. If you are new around the life of new community and you would like to discover more about our mission, vision, values, which contributes towards the idea of partnership that we have next week, um, then what I'd invite you to do is uh, I just have a, a wardrobe malfunction here right now. Um, and I'm, I've just fixed that malfunction there. So, um, sorry for the cameras there. Um, then what I'd invite you to do is go ahead and actually Actually, there's a, there's a space there where you can click on the, uh, not only just the group sign up, but sign up form, and then you can place your name in there and say, I would like to be part of the heart of new community. Yeah, that just got you chuckling, didn't it? Um, or... <laughs> So, and there's two options for that. You can either come on a Sunday afternoon, which I would pick that one because it's uh, a luncheon at someone's place. I know the Martin's place, and that would be awesome to be part of it in the afternoon. Or you could do three Tuesday nights in a row. So if you are um, considering a new community being part of your kind of um, the, the spiritual home for you, then I would encourage you to come along to the heart of new community, sign up for that today. Secondly, if you are part of a life group or a triplet, that's three people meeting together to intentionally encourage one another, then um, we have a resource that we're wanting to press your way over the next couple of weeks. It's um, by a man called Peter Scazzaro called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And we think this would be an awesome resource, six to eight weeks for groups to look at, to look at digging in underneath the surface. And really it talks about how do you have a God-shaped values, how do you have a God-shaped character, what does that look like? And so that's an excellent resource that we're going to encourage life groups through. So if you're a leader of one of those groups, would you? we're going to send some information to you. However, if you're not involved in a group and you'd like to be, there's a, a second option there that says pop-up, life group, emotionally healthy spirituality. You can tick that box and you are not ticking to be committed to something for the next 10 years of your life. You are just ticking that box to say, I'd like to be in a pop-up group that will meet for a contracted period of time, six to eight weeks, and then we'll go ahead and what we do is we'll, we'll put you into groups there. Is that all making sense? Yeah, you should say, that is an awesome app. Well, look to someone around you and say, that is an awesome app. Who did that? Not me. So if I can work this out, you can work this out, and uh, it's all very good to go, and there's some great resources. We're going to meet next week, 10 o'clock at Pound Bend. Thank you, Bella. Thanks, Carrie, for what you shared this morning as well. Very good. Okay, we are talking about breathe. Our strategic focus for 2022 is learning to breathe again. Why? Because our world, our community, our church family here is learning to regroup. And we don't want to just snap back into doing the same, same. Because we realize we're all going through that filtering process right now where we're trying to make decisions in our lives. What do we pick up? What do we put down? What do we jettison? And before you make some of those life-changing decisions that you may not be aware that you're actually making, but you are, what we'd invite you to do at New Community here, as much as you're connected in here, is learning to breathe again. So humor me for a moment. Would you take a deep breath in? 
Hold it. Breathe out. When we breathe in, we're wanting to ask the question, where are we, God? When we pause for the moment in our breath, we want to ask the question, God, where are you? And as we breathe out, what we want to do is ask God the question, God, where are you at work and how would you like me to join with you in the coming season? You see, breathing for us here is not just about physically breathing, although that is good. What we're wanting to do is take that idea of that, that everyday breath that we have, that life-giving experience that we rarely even think about, and to ask ourselves afresh, God, what does it mean to breathe again spiritually? Because these are such difficult times right now that we find ourselves in. God, we need to learn to breathe again, and would you help us do that? And so we're inviting you as a community is to before you make some of those life-changing decisions, before we just snap back into the same, same. In fact, at council level at New Community, we're asking the question again, God, who do you want us to be in this new season? Who do we need to be? Who do we need to, to do? What do we need to do to learn to breathe again the way in which you would have us breathe? Breathe in. God, where are we? Pause. God, where are you? Breathe out. God, how would you like me to join you in what you're already doing? Some of you might take a whole 12 months on the first phase. Some of you might move into quite naturally into that pause space. Others, you're itching to just jump back in again. And before you do, what we're inviting you to do is learn to breathe again. God, how can we join you in your activity? Just before Christmas, I decided that I would take a few hours to myself. Sometimes what I enjoy doing is just getting away from it all. Getting outside of contact, out of demands, out of different expectations that people have. And one of the places I've more recently, in recent years, learnt to go to is the golf course. And so what I did before Christmas time, I, I thought I would do, they call it a sneaky nine. So what you do is you race away if there's some, some space in the calendar there at the golf course. You, you jump on and you just control the course, walk the green, feel the air, and be away from everyone and everything. And that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to get away. So I did. I snuck in, went into the clubhouse, said, is, any, is, is there any free space? And they said, it's free. You just go for it. You go to the tee off. So I walked straight to the tent, and there I was. I was lining up as you do. And uh, just before I was about to tee off, there was a gentleman who rushed up and he said, hey, whoa, 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 just before we tee off, um, I've just got these new irons of mine and I'm going to meet up with some mates in a few um, kind of half an hour's time and I want to try them before I actually play against them because if I don't hit them well, they're going to give me, they're going to tear me apart. So would you mind if I just practice with you just for half an hour and then I'll join them? And I said, sure, that's fine. We introduced each other, we shook hands and then I, I lined up to tee off again. And just before I was about to tee off, someone else, another gentleman, older gentleman came up with his trolley and he said, wait, 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 saying, guys, just before you tee off because you can have four in a group just for those who don't four in a group said would you mind if I join with you guys because I'm just looking for some 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 you know I just want to connect today and want to play some golf I said, sure, why don't you join? And I thought they knew each other, but they didn't. So we introduced ourselves. We shook hands. We said, yeah, welcome. We can have a good day. And then, and then I lined up to tee off again. And then, then there was a fourth gentleman who, who literally called out, hey, what would you Hey, mate, guys, would you, would you wait a second? Can I, can I join you and make, we can make a four? And it was at that moment, the penny dropped 
And I said, okay, God, I get you. I have to set my agenda aside to be by myself and to have time out and to just refresh walking by myself to engage with the four, three other retired gentlemen who have just joined me on the golf course. Set it aside. I literally said in my head, God, here I am. I'm available. So for the next hour and a quarter, apart from the guy that left us halfway through because he was going to catch up with his mates and have an awesome game with his irons that he'd just purchased, we spent the rest of the, the next hour and a half just chatting away. And in those spaces, I intentionally go out of my way to cheer people on in the good shots that they do, scour when I play bad shots and laugh at myself and think I need to practice so much more. But by the end of it, the 18th, as we walked down the 18th, we shook hands at the end. What struck me more than anything else was the next comments that came from their mouth. By the end of the 18th, we'd shared so much of just different little bits and pieces. Actually, if I back up for a moment, as we were walking down the 10th, one of the guys said to me, he said, so look, mate, I noticed that you're younger than us. I said, thank you. He said, we're retired guys, but what are you doing playing golf on a Friday? And I thought, I'll just play it cool. I said, that's actually my day off. Great. Well, you could see that that just started to just work him, work him, work him, work him. By the next two holes, literally, we're walking down the, 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 the 12th, it was. He calls out to me from across the fairway. He goes, oh, now, come on. What do you do with yourself during the day? And I said, mate, because I, I knew it was coming. I said, mate... You wouldn't believe me if I told you. He goes, no, no, no. What do you do with yourself during the day? I said, actually, all right, I'm a padre. I'm a minister. I'm a pastor of a church. And he goes, no. And I said, yeah. It's true. It's true. And then the next thing that always comes, what's the next thing that comes? He said, oh, the language I've been using. (laughs) And I'm like, mate, I played for Yulon, Yulon North Footy Club. There ain't nothing that you can say to me that haven't been said that I haven't heard before. So just chill out. By the end of the 18th, we're walking down. We shake hands with each other. We just pause at the end and he goes, he starts to share. Vietnam vet. Trauma. He starts to unpack his his life. I tell you, we could have spent, we could have gone to the clubhouse and spent the next two hours talking. The other guy though, we're all just meet each other. He walks up, he shakes our hands, he has tears in his eyes. I don't know what the tears are for. I don't think I stood on his toes. But he just looked at us and he said, guys, can I just say thank you for for playing golf with me today? I don't know what the backstory is, but everyone has one. And in that moment, I was reminded of two things. Literally, I was driving home going, God, you've just reminded me of two things today. First one is this. You are at work all around us. And second one is this. You have called people like me who you've revealed yourself to to be available and present, to put our own agendas aside so that I might be available and present to other people to bring your kingdom in big ways or small ways to those who are around about me. You see, someone who decides to follow Jesus, who opens up their life to him, like we did just before when we opened up our hands for those of you that were doing that and experiencing God at work in your life, sometimes tears flow. You don't know why. 
Sometimes clarity comes in your head. You don't quite know why. Sometimes you get a, a challenge, a conviction about things. You don't know why. That's God's spirit at work. Sometimes when people experience those things and they just tuck it aside, it's actually God actually drawing you and pulling you and desiring for you to have more. Such that, such that when you connect in that space, you find yourself in a, in a room where you have things that God is revealing to you, not just for yourself, but to other people as well, that you can take something of what God gives you and give it away to other people freely. And in that golf course that day, what I learned again was reminded of is that when someone comes to know Jesus, he doesn't just call you alone. He calls you to have a certain particular place in this world. You have an understanding, a different perspective, that we're just more than material beings. That with your place in the age to come secured, God's broken into your life right now and he wants you to be an administrator of grace and love and kindness and gentleness and compassion and challenge at times, but to administer who he is to a world that is needy. I was reminded that day that I sometimes to meet with God, I need to put my agendas aside. And to remind myself of the unique place that he's given me and others who follow him. And to make ourselves available and present to others. To just be with people. To love people. To be open to people about the hope that I might have. Make sense? If you have a smartphone with you, I know you do because I just saw you holding them before. Why don't you go to our app? In there, there's a Bible app. And it, or if you have a Bible with you, why don't you turn with me to John chapter 4? Because it strikes me that when you read the life of Jesus, not only does he read you, but he seems to be incredibly good at this being available to other people. Almost like he's got like a head start. You might say, well, that's easy for him. He was God's son, Troy. That's just like a massive head start. And I'd say, no, no. No, no. Jesus woke up every morning fairly early into his ministry. He knew people were out to get him. They wanted to actually take his life. They were that upset with him. There were people who he'd wake up every morning and there would be people who would be demanding things of him, responsibilities of the world. It says that in the moments with Jesus, they would run to him and he had so much going on in his world that it said that he could not even actually have a meal. In Matthew chapter 14, it records Jesus has just heard that his cousin John has been beheaded. That, I mean, that is gruesome stuff. And he just needs time out and space to capture his thoughts and reflect. It says he gets in a boat and he starts to row away. You've done this. I know you've done this before where you just need to row away. There you are on the 10th at Dorset and you're about to tee off and you're rowing because you need time away. And he says he can see the people running along the seashore to find him such that when he gets to the place where he's going, he says he looks at them as though they're despondent like sheep without a shepherd and he pauses to them and he, he does an, an incredible miracle of feeding them bread, but it's more than bread that they're after. And so too the woman that we're going to meet right now. John chapter 4, the backstory is this. Jesus is walking back to Galilee with his disciples. 
He's walking through Samaria. He doesn't have to. It's a hot spot filled with all this animosity towards one another, Jewish and Samaritans. He could have gone around the outside, but he doesn't. He cuts straight through and he's sitting in a well and it's Jacob's well. For anyone who knows father Jacob, Jacob was the one who met his wife, Rachel, at a well. And so here's Jesus now. He's at another well and he's about, he's not looking for a wife, but he's about to meet a woman who's had many husbands. And so she's been the wife of many. Jacob just was searching for one and, and here's Jesus and he's waiting and you sense it's a bit of a setup. What's more than that is that as he's sitting there waiting, the disciples are, are fairly unaware of what's going on and Jesus has a conversation with this woman that goes something like this. He's sitting there, she arrives. He says, would you get me some water? She says, um, it's there in the Greek, get it yourself. Um, and then she responds uh, Jesus responds to her and says, well, I've got water that will satisfy you more than the water that you're going to get from this well here. To which she replies, then, then I'll have it, get it for me. And then Jesus, and it's entirely culturally appropriate in this moment, says, would you go and get your husband? Let's talk. And she says, I don't have a husband. And Jesus pauses in that moment and says, that's my point. I want you to know, this is me now speaking here. There's a God, my Father, who I know, who loves you, who knows everything about you. He knows the ringer that you've been through, the way you've been passed on from one to the other. He knows everything about you, and he loves you, and he wants to meet with you today. And what just utterly rattles me here is that the woman doesn't kick him in the shins, but for some reason she must feel his loving compassion and kindness because she stays with him to have a conversation. In fact, in that moment, she runs back to actually tell her entire village that she might have met a man that's changing her life. It's not an ordinary man. His name's Jesus. Maybe he is the Messiah, the Son of God. And then let's pick up with it. It's in verse 27 from chapter 4, and this is what it reads. Then the disciples came, and they were astonished when he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. Now, if I was one of those blokes, what do you reckon I would have done? <laughs> would have I returned with her? No. What is going on here? He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left their city and they were on their way back to him. So the disciples don't know that there's a little posse now coming of the, the entire city that's coming out to meet this person, Jesus, who's because of this woman who's just encountered him. And then Jesus turns to his disciples and says these words. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, he said, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. I have food to eat that you know nothing about. And then the disciples, they, they talk to one another as they uh, learn to do. And they say this. So the disciples said to one another, surely no one has brought in something to eat, have they? No one stopped off at a kebab stand, have they? Just in Samaria and got him something to eat? Like, is he really hungry? Is he? Jesus can be cryptic sometimes. Is he talking about food or, or something else? And he's talking about food of a different kind. And then Jesus goes on in system 34, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. 35, do you not say, for
put up a sign, free coffee for anyone who wants to talk. And you just make yourself available and present. And you can do loop the loop of the cafe. And, and, and people, are, he says, Jesus says, people, well, they have backstories that you know nothing about. But if you tune your ear to me and understand what food that I'm interested in doing, if you could understand that the part of your role in being a Jesus person is to take what is of God's and to be available and present to people around you such that you can give what is God's and give it to them such that they might discover something about who he is. I mean, I'd love to share a great story with you by the end of the 18th that they fell down on their knees, they had their hands clasped above their heads and they said, what must I do, Troy, Padre, minister, pastor, to be saved? But that wasn't it. But equally as important was this realizing that I need to put my agenda aside and say, I need to invest in the person in front of me because I think God's made it abundantly clear. Friends, for those people who call themselves Jesus followers, I want you to understand this. Is that when the world is displaced, you have a unique place. You have a unique place in the world because you understand and you carry this conviction that we are more than just material beings. And that there is an age to come, but God has broken forth into this present age and he's calling people to be advocates for justice and mercy and kindness. To actually be givers of love to be dispensers of hope. And you carry that knowledge within you like a little nugget. And I wonder if Jesus might be saying to you today, I want you to picture yourself being a sower who went to sow every day when you wake up in the morning time. You reach into your little bag and you scatter seeds wherever they be. And just by the nature of who you are and your openness and willingness to tune your ear to who God is and what he might be doing in your life and available to others, there might be all different ways and kinds that you can just pull aside for the moment. To pull aside for the moment and to attend and be available. Some great things might happen. Some, some, some moments of just wasted time for you might happen. But equally same, the, the challenge is, is to make yourself available because God is at work all around us. He says that. The fields are white and ripe for harvest. People's backstories are filled with all kinds of things that you don't know. But if we just paused for a moment, we might meet with it and know. We're going to hear a song in a moment. In fact, Craig, why don't you come on up? Because what I'd love to do is create some space for us. Because I know that as I'm saying these words... You have another narrative in your head right now, if I might be so bold, that goes something like this. Troy, you have no idea how busy I am. You have no idea how this is just one more thing and it feels like what Carrie said earlier on, another load, another thing to bear. And you're just foisting that on me, another job, another task, another duty, another... I'm exhausted already, aren't you? I don't think it's that. I think it's having spiritual eyes, if you like, that actually believes we are more than material beings. Even though the downward pressure of that is so great. And so we need to breathe. 
and that you might say that you've encountered a person called Jesus. He's filled you with his spirit. He's breathed his life into you. Which means you live in two worlds. Undeniably, you live in two worlds. You have a foot in the age to come and you've got a foot in this world. And he has a calling on your life. I'm not talking about the great, huge, leap tall buildings in a single bound. You can do that if you want. We're told everyone's special these days. I'm talking about arriving at a golf course and realizing there's something else going on here. I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to step out in trust. And I'm just going to say, God, I'm available right now. I don't quite know what to do, but I'm just going to Love on this person, be kind, be open, go out of my way. Because I know when you called me, you didn't call me alone. You, you called me for others. So, in 2022, our strategy here is to learn to breathe again. And we mean it. We mean it. But we will not breathe again if you just go, oh, they talked about breathing again today. Let's just get on with my life. Do you see the breathe sign here? Do you notice how there's two vertical, parallel, white lines in the middle of the word pause? Do you see how there's a word underneath called pause in white as well? Stop, pause, breathe. Do you know that's a prompt because on your iPhone you hit the pause button all the time? I know, for some of you it's the pennies just dropped. Because it's an invitation to pause. Because Jesus wants to tell you again this morning, if I might be so bold looking at this passage, is that the fields are white for harvest. Do you know that? And what I want you to do is make yourself available and present to other people. Have one ear tuned to me. Have one ear tuned to the, the person in front of you and to just be available. Would you do that? Would you trust me for the rest? Last Sunday, we came around the corner here. We were doing some practice for a kind of conversation about what a Sunday morning gathered space might look like. And as I walked past the courtyard here, there was a young lady and it was visible that she was crying. Now, I know already that's a bit of an awkward space for a bloke like me to just stick my nose in. I, I, I think I'm half, maybe, am I bronze? Half attuned. So I gently walked over at a distance and I said, I'm sorry, I can't help but, but notice that you're upset right now. And I know this is an awkward moment, but my name's Troy. I'm a minister of a church that gathers here. We've got other people inside here. I just want to ask, are you okay? And she, she wiped her eyes and she said, yeah, I'm okay. It doesn't really look like it. I said, look, if you want to talk, we're just around here. No pressure. I said, but I just want to know this. Are you safe? And she said, yes, I'm safe. I said, okay. And I went back in the rooms here and, and I grabbed a few other ladies and I said, would you go out and 
I may have scared her away because she wasn't outside afterwards. But it's just a little way of pausing and saying, God, I'm here and available. Now I'm going to stop talking and I'm just going to invite this space now for you to meet with Jesus and pause. Because you might have known it when you came here this morning that Jesus was meeting a woman beside a well, but he actually was wanting to meet with you. And so you can picture your own well and you can go and sit on beside it there's some water down there that you can drink, but you'll get thirsty again. But the person who's sitting on top, on the, on the bricks, on the stones, he has living water for your life. And I wonder if we might pause in this space, that you might quietly open your hands, close your eyes, or just whatever's comfortable for you. And would you sit beside God's Son who has all of the living water that you need and would you draw upon that today and it begins when you soften your heart and open your hands metaphorically and say Jesus I'm sorry for running for even doing things even maybe my own way I'd like to meet with you this morning would that be okay So Jesus, here under the tree, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for meeting with us. Holy Spirit, would you do the work that you do in bringing healing and hope and your energy and life to live like you call and invite us to live? Would you wash us clean? Would you strengthen us? Would you teach us to breathe in 2022?